<laughs> Am I gonna do the intro? <laughs> well, I'm thinking in my head of even where to where we're. Oh my goodness! Well, you can let it play, huh? Oh, also, this doesn't matter, right? Huh? This doesn't matter, right? It's recording. No, because we can cut it out. Okay, so I'm gonna just start. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, what is up? Welcome back to the Seek Truth podcast with your host Ashley Paola and Joey Swisher. Uh, today we're going to be talking about unforgiveness and forgiveness for others and yourself. Yeah, just sharing the importance of releasing, the importance of forgiving your offenders, yeah. and we're going to actually touch on forgiving yourself. I think that's one hidden yeah. bondage, hidden lie the devil has in us is we forgave others, but... When it comes to forgiving ourselves, mm. mm. that was the hardest thing for me. One. Yeah, so I think this is good because I think we both have had people ask us about forgiveness, or at least I've spoken to people that are just so hung up on the fact that they're like, "No, I cannot forgive you. Don't know what this person has done for me or done to me. Uh, there's just no way. They don't. They don't deserve salvation. They don't. They deserve hell. Like all this anger and bitterness. And then people have asked you how to forgive, right? Or yeah, what to do? Yeah. How to go about it? Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, there's been some people that have messaged me when I'm talking about the topic of forgiveness, and they've said, how do I do it? So, I don't want to give you an outline of what to do. Like, we, I, I believe you should let God lead you in the way you want to go about your forgiveness yeah. or releasing it, but we'll give you an outline of ways you can. You and know. scripture to back up why. Yeah. You know, it's not just something we think is cool or you should do um, out of our own experience. But we do, yeah, practical ways to do it. But at the end of the day, God, it's going to look different for everybody. You know, there's sometimes there's people that have died and you haven't forgiven them. So you can't talk to them. So anyway, there's yeah. a bunch of different ways to go about it. Um, but shout out to Clatch. We're sending you all our money That's every good. single morning, so sponsor us. Yeah, we want some <laughs> donations back, Clash. Coffee and Jesus. Coffee and Jesus. Bam. You nice. want to pray for the listeners? Uh, absolutely. So, Heavenly Father, we just come before you, God, humble. And Lord, we pray that you would speak through us, God. And Father, I pray that this won't be just a platform to to just share things and think it's a good idea but mm -hmm. we thank you that you are going to lead it we thank you that you're going to use it we thank you father that you're going to move upon the hearts of the believers the listeners on this podcast whether you're in the car your workplace at home wherever you are that there's no boundaries to the spirit of god yes. and we pray father that you would just touch your hearts of the people you would begin the mending process. You would begin the restoration process, the right. sanctification process in their minds, in their hearts, and their souls. Lord, do a mending in their heart and soul. Yes. Father God, um, bring back to remembrance issues mm. that are in the depths of their hearts that you want to bring forth. Yes. So they can go forward and advance your kingdom. And be free here on earth, Father. Because we know that unforgiveness, holding on to bitterness, anger, strife, envy, hatred... Whatever it may be that we hold on to can cause sickness, disease, and even death. Mm -hmm. Father, we thank you for your works. We thank you for your finished work of the cross. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. And we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Yeah, when you said the remembrance part, 
I, I totally forgot about this until you said it, but or God brought it to my remembrance. But one of the first exercises I ever did when I was, this was years ago, and um, I was wanting to heal. The question that I was told to ask myself in journaling was, who hurt you? And then write down everybody that you can think of, even back in elementary school, childhood, whatever, and then just face it. Like, be real with where your hurt and your unforgiveness is at. Yeah. Because that is, once you can be, you can face it, that's when you start to really accept moving forward and allow yourself to move forward. So, just wanted to, you know, share that yeah. so that I just remembered and I'll forget it if I don't say it, so. That's a good one we'll talk about later. It's about, like, kind of journaling, right? You know, yeah. journal. Live the one. But, um, just so you guys know, we'll go into, I wanted to share... Um, a testimony because the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, word of our testimony, right? So, I think there's power in testimony, so it gives the gives you guys um, the ability to connect and you can understand that oh, he doesn't know what I'm going through, yeah, or she doesn't know what I'm going through, so then they kind of turn off right away. But understand that, um, I love that illustration that someone gave where they said if you were to put all your problems and issues in a bowl. And there'll be a hundred people around that someone will be quick to grab your issues and problems. So mm. basically, there's someone that's always gone through worse. But you know, the victim mentality will tell you that no one's gone through what you've gone through. And the victim mentality will keep you in bondage by saying, no one knows what you went through. No one experienced what you went through. Um, how can anyone understand? They don't get me. And that will keep you a victim in, from seeking help as well. Like that'll keep you from not going to church, yeah. not confessing, um, telling people... How can they understand what I went through? No one's been through what I went through. And that's a lie from the enemy. That's a lie. So with me, I just share a quick testament. I have many, many, many. But just one would be just the lifestyle that I lived, which was just a rebellious punk kid in the streets, thugging it out, trying to be the gangster of the year, right? I want to get the award. Did you ever get gangster of the year? No, nah, you know what? They never gave it to me. Ah, uh, Okay. <laughs> I should have got it. I had to ask. Yeah. Um, uh, I might have missed it. I didn't, by, I'm sorry that I brought that up. I might have missed it by two bodies. No, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Just forgive me. Um, I forgive him. But didn't get the ward. But anyhow, I was pushing towards the ward. Okay. That was my goal. Like, no one's going to push me off my block. No one's going to uh, be crazier than I, and so on and so forth. Right. So I did yeah. all those things. And what happened in my life was people started dying around me. And people started being affected in the sense where I started thinking, man, that should have happened to me, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, my craziness or my, like, the way I'm built, my character was, like, all gas, no breaks. So it was like, boom, boom, like, hey, let's go kick down the door. Hey, let's just go jump him. Let's go beat him up. Let's shoot them houses or whatever. I was just, just, I don't know why. You know, I was just like, let's just go. And uh, there was people that gotten hurt because of the actions that I took. Yeah. And that's something I never really understood and, and, and it was hard for me to deal with going forward. But basically what I tell people is um there was some there was an incident that we had, we did, and then in the and the cause and the effect of that was uh someone dying in front of me. Actually I've seen two people killed in front of me, right? Um, possibly a third, but two that I know. One that I picked up his body, um, which was like my best friend, my little brother Frankie, right? So we, we picked up his body. And the car had passed me up. The car pulled up on me. And I had a conversation with the car. And for whatever reason, I heard the driver say, pull up, pull up, pull up. And then they pulled up. They 
you know, let out the guns and they killed him and shot him up and we had to carry his body and, and it had an effect on me. If anyone knows this, like I started smelling blood, like when an iron pants, it was weird. Um, what? I started smelling this blood, like this, this, wow. this smell when I iron, when I do, when I, it, even in my, PTSD. yeah, even in the, my thoughts, yeah. I could smell it. Obviously I'm not even talking about seeing it, replaying it in my mind, but seeing it, smelling it. And it was just forever torment. Like I couldn't shake it. Right. And so I, I used to go visit the gravesites of the, my loved ones that passed, like faithfully, religiously, like birthdays, uh, the year anniversaries, we'd barbecue, we'd party. And that also wasn't healthy for me. You know, I, my sister made a big old collage and they gave me this collage of all the people that died. And every morning I'd wake up, that's the first thing I seen wow. was all my friends. And it was, it's like, you kind of... I don't know what it is, but you, you yearn for that. You kind of like want to be in that state. You kind of want to be in that pity party unknowingly. Mm -hmm. Like you're not like, I want to be sad. Yeah. But you want to be like, I deserve to feel pain and hurt. So therefore I see these pictures every day and my day started off bad every day. Well, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like not bad, but in that, state. In that yeah. state. Yeah. So what I'm trying to tell you guys is that I witnessed the death, the murder of my, of my loved one and that right there in itself is trauma, okay? But then I remember being in the in the jail cell and the cops telling me, they're the ones who gave me the information that he was actually passed. So, like, I remember trying to, like, squeeze through the bars. Like, if I could somehow get through. I want to get out of there at all costs, like, whatever I could do. But they kept me there. And that right there was um beginning of hatred towards myself in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't even be there for the family. Yeah. You can't even, like, all these things were going through my head. So, yeah. as time went on, um, you know, I had to give explanation to his his family as well. Like, hey, this is, you know, Joey, what happened? So, I had to, like, and when you got trauma, sometimes you black out. You don't remember. You're like, That's I don't know. Nuts. And people are like, how do you not know? You know what I'm saying? And, and I, Which I, it creates more guilt and shame and, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, because people want answers and stuff. Yeah. And um, so, in that incident... It was revenge time, okay? So it was all about getting revenge, 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 revenge. And um, I remember just getting revenge, but all it did was create more darkness in my life, more um, anxiety, more depression, more panic attacks, more worry, more like, oh my God. And that led to me having panic attacks, anxiety attacks, depression, like just everything just kind of you know, tripling up when I held on to that. Then you start looking at certain people and everything is like, it's on with that. It's on with them. You know what I'm saying? Like it, everything was triggered, just bad. Triggered. Yeah. Everything was triggered. It's like, man, how do you live a normal life when you're, you know, you, you, you go in a restaurant, you had to sit towards the door, you know, you, you couldn't be have your, you had to have your back against a wall. And it was just, life was just jacked up, you know, yeah. and, and driving in the car, looking in your rear mirror, looking all around and, and having guns. Wow. Is, it's just a crazy, ugly life. Right. Well, let's fast forward to me getting, this whole encounter with God, which will be another another story, but I have this time where I sit in this class because I eventually know that I need help, so I'm trying to reach out to God. So I sit in this class. I love this. And this is called a class called Breaking Free at the Rock. And um, I sit down in this class, and I sit down. I mean, there's <laughs> 12 tables, maybe like one, two, maybe like eight people per table. And I sit down with a group of people that look just like the people that killed my friend. So I'm sitting there like I told this. God hey, wants you to face it. <laughs> And face it, he really faced it for real. Like, and I told him, man, I can't sit at this table. And he's like, why? What do you mean? And I'm like, 
these people look like the people that I despise, you know, that I have a hatred for. He's like, what? what are you talking about? So I kind of explained to him, he's like, you know, it's, you can go move, I can move you, but I suggest, I really need you to sit here. And I was like, man, all right, you know? So I sat there and God did a work in me in that mix. God did a work in me and I was able to pretty much understand through that class of breaking free of the unforgiveness and the hatred and all that towards people and towards the situation. Yeah. Um, I was able to forgive these people. I was able to forgive people in general, just gang, everything. I was able to forgive and kind of move on. And I had a weight lift off me. It was shorter. But unknowingly, I didn't know that the unforgiveness towards myself was still deep within, down within. But I let off a lot of weight. So to me, it was like, wow, I'm, I'm living. This is yeah. good. So it was really good. Um, it took some of the weight off, some of the stuff off, but I was still unknowingly deep down within. I still felt like 70% better, right? So I was like, wow, this is really working. This is good. And it started, my freedom and that came with journaling. So it wasn't in the class, but the That's class. That's what I asked you. Like, yeah. what was the practical that you feel happened during What that? you said? That, you know, we were instructed to, you know, all the class, all the scriptures, right? What you want to share with you some scriptures, but it led me to the place where you go home and you ask the Holy Spirit to show you the, in the why am I hurt and what happened. And you start journaling. And I know some of you may think it's kind of silly. That doesn't make sense. But it actually, it works. works. It's powerful. You, you'd be surprised. Because you become so you. present to the, like, to the point where you're drawing line by line the names of the people that have hurt you. And you're forced to ask the Spirit to remind you. Because like you said, a lot of the time with trauma, PTSD, we... We shut off. We yeah. shut off things in our brain and we don't think about it. But when you do that practice, it's very therapeutic. Even if it's uncomfortable or it's like things come up, it's something very powerful. Yeah, yeah. And you and, and you would think, I don't know, it's just weird how you make the time to get alone. Holy Spirit, show me why I'm dealing with this. Holy Spirit, why am I dealing mm -hmm. with this unforgiving? Why do I hate this person? Why every time I talk to this person... And then just sit there and be silent and just start writing. Like, I started writing, like, duh, my name, duh, duh. and actually, you know, you're flowing a whole letter. Yeah. I got letters, and like, I'm like, I never gave it to the individual. Actually, I did give it one to an individual, but there's some that I held on to. Um, you can actually give it to them if you feel led or yeah. keep it for yourself and just say it. But that was the journaling, was that was a key one for me. That was a, a big step. Um, there was times where I've been in service. And, and worship and the guy's like you need to forget this person so you do it on the spot right there and then there was times where i felt god said you need to go forget this person face to face and i believe face to face is like one of the most powerful ones like that's the one that's like yeah. man there's love in that you chill. know people yeah. are like oh that's the, and, and you're you gonna feel the weight just the, the like the room gets lighter yeah and you're gonna man you don't even know like the plan okay the the mindset of going and doing it you have no idea the breakthrough and the power is going to come when actually it comes out your mouth face to face. So you're like, okay, I'm going to tell this person sorry. And you can't even fathom or think of like with the reactions or what's going to happen. But there's a release. There's a power that breaks. It's crazy how you're like, man, I forgive you. And then they say something. And it's like when you release that, there's a release. And it's like, it's just great. It's beautiful. Like that's powerful. There, there's someone, it was in 2015-ish. Um, she got a lot of hatred toward me and anger because of something that I did to her brother. So that was like one of my biggest things that I had to like learn to forgive myself. But the point is that she was really upset at me. I grew up with her. So um, 
2015, now fast forward to 2020, we hadn't talked at all. Uh, and I always felt very guilty about that for not only her brother, but also, also her just knowing how upset she was at me and even the mom, which is a whole nother story. But um, so 2020 hits, I get a random text from this girl and she's saying, so this is five years later and she's like, hey, can I talk to you? So we get on the phone and she's like, I just need to forgive you. She's like, because I can't hold on to this anymore. I still remember exactly where I was. I was in Miami. I was what, what building I was looking at because I finally felt like a, a release. It was so much freedom mm -hmm. that she gifted me and blessed me with, um, which then led me to writing a letter to her brother, which I never gave it to him. But that also was a release of, okay, like the, the healing and then fast forward to last year, I was at church and I run into his mom and I look at her, mind you, she was, again, she was very upset at me too. And we just hold each other for like five minutes, mm. not even saying a word. Right. And I was just saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But the freedom of allowing people to like forgiving people and then also asking for forgiveness mm. is so healing to the soul because so it's five years where we just randomly come up and the, the, the devil would remind you, like, remember you, what you did this, mm. that person hates you, all these lies, or it may be true in that moment, but that's not what God has for you. God wants to heal. God wants to release that for both parties, right, all the right. parties involved. Yeah. It's more of the forgiving part is more for yourself than the yeah. people. Yes. And that's what she told me when she called yeah. me. She's like, this is for, this is for me. Yeah. You know? And I was like, girl, I feel you. like that's, yeah. that's beautiful. Like I'll take it. I'll take it because... With you doing it for you in the spiritual realm, the devil has no authority now. Right, right. The devil is, it, it has to flee. I believe that's why the room feels lighter or the just the atmosphere, because the demons flee. There's mm -hmm. no more darkness in the spiritual realm because they have no authority in that. In that. The yeah. unforgiveness is a foothold for the for Satan to play with you. Right, right. It reminds me of like, you ever... You ever been in a room? It's like look, we need to address the elephant in the room. Like, yeah. If someone has something against somebody, it could be a, an assumption. Like someone, a, like don't even they think that person has a hatred towards them, and it's like they can come and you could feel the thickness. Yeah. Of the atmosphere change. Even if you're not involved, you're like, wow, like this is thick. Because <laughs> their spirits are like ain't playing. They want to yeah. your soul, man. And, yeah. And uh, you could feel it. I've been in situations, and I've been in situations where someone said, hey, "I think he was saying this." I'm like. So you don't know, or do you know? I think I, I'm pretty sure. And to come to find out after the dude doesn't even know what the heck the guy's talking about, and there was this tension, and it was like these spirits, were like yeah, yeah, like you know, I figured like two devil demons yes. on their shoulders, like get, 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 and right. wanting to fight and just tear each other apart. But also not even that, hold on to it, you know, it just it ruins your mind and everything. So, um, that's good, that's good. Yeah, you, uh, it reminds me of. The script. Let's go to scripture right quick, because um, there's right. so many scriptures that we want to give you guys. Yeah. Um, I want to go to an Old Testament scripture. Um, Jeremiah, thirty-one. Thirty-one. Yeah. Thirty-one, thirty-four. Okay. Jeremiah thirty-one, thirty-four says, "No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord." For they all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin, and I will remember no more. It's something to know 
this is this is this is talking about forgiveness to your towards yourself. Okay, so um, understand that when you ask God for forgiveness, I'm gonna talk about for yourself right now. Um, when it comes to yourself, that it's important to know that God, when you ask for forgiveness, He hears you, He forgives you, and it's God. He says, "I remember it no more." Yeah. And it's we like will keep picking it up. Yes. We will keep bringing it back up. And there's something in us that wants to self-sabotage. And, and there's some of us that think we got to cause pain Yeah. because we deserve it. Unknowingly right. or knowingly. Like, for example, myself, all my tattoos came from me wanting to feel the pain of the needle. You know, and I know there's probably a mixture of like an identity crisis as well. Like I wanted to look a certain way, but most of them were like, because I remember telling them, hey, bro, like on my stomach dig harder and they're like what do you want me to dig harder for most people want me to go lighter and i just wanted to feel the pain because i was hurting and mad at the time and i remember sometimes getting tattoos crying not because of the pain but crying because i was like so angry you know and i was like "Ooh, cut me believe me you know what i'm saying so most of them came from pain so i wanted to feel the pain um my unforgiveness towards myself created me to go on or caused me to go on self-sabotaging benches for three four days of i mean an alcohol wasn't enough. Dang, I got a liquor. Like, and then I would I would be sobered up in a sense where I still wanted to keep drowning myself, and I'm beat up now and and just self sabotaging and not knowing why. You're like, and you come up with all these things like, well, maybe I just can't have one beer. No, it was it was the whole point of like when it started. Yeah. It was it was come from it came from hurt and pain and anger, which you know one wasn't gonna. Stop you. So it was like twenty five. You know. So we yeah. self sabotage yeah. when we hold on to unforgiveness towards ourselves. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. How many people do that? You know, like where I mean, I've been there where you do the self sabotaging because you feel like you deserve it unconsciously, or there's like an underlining. You don't. You don't think it, but you're just in the motions. Mm -hmm. And but when you allow yourself to to release that, then you can look back like you are right now and be like, oh my goodness, that's why I was doing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. You know, but um, I actually wanted to bring Ephesians 5, excuse me, Ephesians 4, verse 31 and 32. Okay. Uh, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Mm. I feel like this is for believers and unbelievers um but i mm. think that understanding what and we've talked about this before but understanding like what god has forgiven me from and what he continues to forgive me from and what he will forgive me from and what he did on the cross it's like how could i not forgive other people how can i not extend that grace even if my flesh or my carnal nature is telling me whatever it's telling me it's there i have no authority to not forgive which i know there's other scriptures to back that up that how who if we can't forgive other people then our heavenly father is not going to forgive yeah. us be careful um, yeah and just having i think like one of the practical ways i don't know how practical it is but for me just when i see people hurting people or they're hurting me or they're saying things out of out of anger or hurt i just look at it through a lens of compassion and i'm like that is coming from a broken place mm -hmm. that is coming from a simple place and i can look back at when i was hurting people 
I was just so lost and, 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 and hurt and broken. So realizing like if they were sensitive, if they were, if they were walking with God, not that they're going to be perfect, but they're going to be less of doing that. So I'm going to pray that God is more uh, relevant in their life, that they seek God because that's going to allow them to, to walk the other way instead yeah. of the, the fruits of the flesh let's i'm going to pray for them and so and that's not easy in the beginning no it's a practice and it doesn't it's not just a one-time thing which we've also talked about i think mm. we can talk about that yeah yeah um here's one thing for people you know what when you're talking about i've, I've seen people like cutting themselves like cutters and like man i just uh, i felt god's break my heart for them right now about they're cutting themselves of the pain and hurt and trauma they've been through you know and then they, they can't stop so um, we'll get to that in a minute. But um, I had an incident with my dad. Like, man, we always bump heads. And he was always on my case. And I'm like, what is the deal? Like, I'm a Christian now. Like, you know, I'm not out doing what I used to do and stuff. And um, I'd go pray for him. Pray for all my family, right? But I pray for him. And like, just, man, God is so good because he showed me that I didn't know what had happened to my dad in yes. his past, yes. his upbringing that yes. caused him to be the way he is. But here's the powerful thing, though. God was telling me, you, he wants to be free from that. He doesn't want to indulge in that. He doesn't want to act that way. Yeah. He's accepting that as what he is, but it's because of the pain and trauma that he went through. Yeah. He wants to be free, so have compassion. So then now you can start looking at people when they're angry with you, when they're ugly with you, when they're just, you know, like, there's yeah. other people like, man, I can't deal with them no more. You understand the reason why they're like that? Yeah. Is because the enemy had came into the family, came into their hearts in the mix, caused some trauma, drama that caused them to be the way they are. Yeah. And that's exactly what's happening to you and us. But we just don't know it, right? Yeah. We look at other people's stuff. Like, take the, split, the plank out your own eye, yeah. in a sense. But that takes praying, right? You got to acknowledge that, man. And, and also, like, what we want to talk about too is I want to share this one scripture because it's really powerful, but um unforgiveness is not a word you say. Yeah. It's not just a word you say today, like, okay, I forgive them. I forgive them, okay. And, and, and maybe right now you're like, all right, I'm gonna forgive that person. Unforgiveness is not just a word. It's it's something you have to practice and do every day. Yeah. Every day. Because I had another incident with my little brother. Who was following my footsteps, wanted to be in the street stuff, and me being his older brother, me having a reputation in the streets in Rialto was like, hey, um, people watch my brother, hey, 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 these guys over here, keep an eye on my brother. Me, myself, was going, keep an eye on him. And I thought, there's no way nothing could happen to him because I am who I am, and the people I am with, there's nothing could happen to him. But what happened was, I was actually at a place where he was. And I'm telling you, we were like, 20 deep. Like, we were like 10, 10 outside and like another 10 or 15 inside. And you would think, surely nothing could happen then. But I go inside talking to some people. My brother never even made it into the bar or the, the bar and grill, right? They got into a fight outside and, and something they beat him over the head with something. Or no one really knows, but he got a brain injury. So that broke. So we're, we're, fast, we're rewinding way back to the first trauma I had with the deaths. And I kind of got set free from it, right? Now, boom, here comes again, another incident. So this is after the fact. This is after the fact. After the fact that I'm free from, like, yeah, yeah, other yeah. things. So now I'm in the hospital struggling with the fact the devil's telling me in my head, like, you're going to go get revenge, right? Because you got revenge for 
so and so and so and so. So how you like your revenge for Philip, my brother? And I'm like, okay, like it's on. And then I remember, I, I tell you guys that people were in the car in the parking lot of Airway Hospital St. Joe. We got the guns right here. We're ready. All you gotta do is come outside and let's go. Now we didn't even actually even know who we were looking for at the time, but we were gonna go out. And when you're in ICU, it's a continual battle. Like, hey. Come, come, come. He might not make it. Something, you know, whatever drop, oxygen level drop, whatever, machine flatlined, whatever. And I remember the doctor uh, calling us into the quiet room. If anyone ever knows what the quiet room is, the quiet room is, is like when the doctor just talks to the family and prepares them for basically death, right? So I remember the doctor saying, like, there's nothing, I haven't gone too much in it because I'll start crying. I'm about to cry. Yeah, I remember the doctor saying, there's nothing else we could do. Think about pulling the plug. We'll do, we'll do it. So that's when I stormed out and I was like, it's on. Like, let's go. I'm done. And I, I ran my aunt. My aunt was like, um, baby, like, when's it, when's it? I know what you're going to go do. Like, when's it going to stop? Whew, oh, it's deep. And I said, shoot, um, I don't know what else to do. And uh, she said, well, I know you don't know what to do, but look at your mom. Your mom already went through this and that and I had been shot twice to have and broke my neck so she's like if you go out I know you think you're Superman and you're untouchable but just just, just say you get caught or let's just say you die and then the doctor's saying that your brother might die your mom come on and I sat there like oh my god it was like that those words were so strong but I was like ah so I, I listened to her and I kept walking down and uh, there was the chapel which I had never been in so I was like, man, I'm going to go up in here and pray. You know, because I was actually a Christian, but I was backsliding. I was yeah. drinking again, and but I was still, you know, a firm believer, still serving God in a sense, but wholeheartedly, or I'm wholeheartedly, half-heartedly, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, man, I'm going to go in this chapel, God, and you need to touch me, you need to do something, because I don't know what I'm going to do. And my aunt's right, my mom might lose two kids right now. So I went to the chapel and prayed and um, asked God to, to help me and to show himself. And the Lord... And in so we had a dedicated room for all the family members, all the homies, right? We were so deep with criminals and gang members and just family members and stuff that the cops were coming in and out trying to, they arrested me already once and then they took me down the station again. And then they're harassing the homies that were coming because they're gang members and the guy, the security guard there. So all at the hospital? All at the hospital. Crazy. It was, it was a crazy circus. Um, <laughs> The, the, the security guard that was the main security guard. I didn't guard. know things like this happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, we look out for the uh, lifetime, or what was it called? Those little stories? Yeah. Some. I'll make a 60 documentary. Um, this is just a little glimpse of it, too. It's crazy. But uh, the security guard knew my brother. He's like, hey, bro, I'm going to give you guys a dedicated room in the back because I know they're messing with you guys and they're going to start kicking you guys out and so on. So we had a room in the back. And that's where everybody was at. So I'm in the um, chapel. And God told me, go up, look at everybody. Go look at the tattoos on the face, the necks. Go look at their reputation. Look at they have guns in their pockets. They're known this and known that, but they can't do nothing for your brother. Only I can. I and so can. I was like, and God was telling me right there, like basically, hey, go choose this, which you're right. He may not and you may not. Or go choose me and watch what I do. Oh, so. Goodness. I was like, instantly walked up. I knew God talked to me. I knew he spoke to me. I knew he gave me the power. I went up and 
And I, it's crazy because I didn't even picture the room with, with windows. I pictured just like, you know, so when I was walking up, I'm like, I'm going to go knock on the door and go in. But when I walked up, there was windows where everybody was walking. And exactly what I seen was the homies with tats on the neck, the homies that were like smiling because all they want to do is go kill somebody, get revenge, right? Or, you know, hang out. So I'm like, wow. And I go in there and they looked at me like, yeah, it's always going to be like, what's up? Let's go. And I was like, hey, I'm going to tell you guys that um, I'm choosing not to do anything. I'm choosing to forgive. I'm choosing to let it go. And I want you guys to do the same. And they're like, nah, Joe, it's cool. It's all good, brother. You ain't got to do nothing. You already know that. We got you. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm asking you guys not to do nothing. You know, don't, if you love me and my family, I don't want no one to go take retaliation. I don't want no one to even, do me a favor, don't even tell me who it was. Don't ever bring it up to me. And I said, I'm done. And I left out the, um, out the room and it gave me power to, and oh my God. Wait, it, you said, hold on, because I always wanted to ask you this. You said, I'm done. Was that when you officially left that life or was it still like, how did you, how do you get out of that life? I always wondered, like, do you have to let everybody know or do they just kind of get the hint? It's blood in, blood out, girl. No, like, oh, that's like, uh, <laughs> um, You're not kidding. No, I mean, we'll cut this part out. It, it, it starts, it starts spiritually first, like in the mind. Yeah. There's actions to take, right? But that was the almost like the seed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It has like one get plants, the one Genesis. waters, and God gives the increase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that was the seed, and I was like, okay. Now, fast forward, I don't know how many days later. I know that I'm doing it, but now I'm like, how do I keep this, right? How do I? So my buddy comes, my but it was a good friend of mine, my buddy guy. He's still a good friend of mine, Isaac. My buddy Greedy comes and he says, Hey. I want to bring Art Blahos. He wants to come. Art Blahos is a um, shout out to Art Blahos. He's a known evangelist that did a documentary, Blood and Blood Out. He was a hitman in the prison. And um, he was going to take a man out when um, the Lord touched him and he gave his life to the Lord and so on and so forth. So Art Blahos wanted to come and pay a visit. So I'm like, yeah, you know, he comes. And um, he after we do our thing at the hospital, he goes, hey, Joey, why don't you come to my house and we'll do a little study, we'll do a little prayer and everything. And, and you know, and I said, yeah, yeah, amen, let's go. He's like, I live right down the street. And I'm like, cool. So we, we leave the Arrowhead Hospital, which is like Rialto Colton. And he starts going this area. And I'm like, he's going to straight up enemy's ter territory that we used to. And I'm like, wait a minute. What's going on? And I look at my buddy, Greedy, like, hey, what's up, man? He's like, you know, so we pull up. And I swear, he's going and boom, 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 boom. And then we pull up to the house of a man or a house that we used to shoot at and stuff, right? Like. And I'm like, wait, wait, what's going on? And he's like, and I, but I already had knew this guy had passed away. Oh, so, in the house? Yeah, he just got, the guy was killed in the gang stuff, in the yeah. rival stuff, right? And he was the one that me and him were like arch enemies in a sense. Like, he had shot me. He's the one that actually shot me, I think. And then so on and so forth. So we pull up and he goes, yeah, man, excuse the house. Like, I'm, I'm patching up all these bullet holes. You know, the house I moved in had all these bullet holes. He's actually, right, stop. Yeah. Are you being for real? Yeah, for real. There's no, no I can't do this. This is God is crazy. Okay. Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm shaky. I'm like tripping, and I'm like, no, this is the house. Because at first I didn't actually know for sure if it was the house, and now I'm sitting there like, wait, what's, I don't understand. And he's like, yeah, I bought this home, and I was like, okay. And we go in the house, and oh, I'm gonna cry again. Oh. No, because then I'm going to cry. I yeah. already messed up my makeup on this side. Me, I go, I, can't he see starts it. talking. I go out to go to the restroom. I'm like, all right, I go to the restroom. And I'm like, oh, this is the this is the house of a man that my my neighborhood 
yeah. had something to do with his death. You know, and I don't. So your know. heart was softened, or you were pissed? Well, when you were eight I was. was well, on? I was. Me and him. It was a crazy story how me and this dude constantly shot at each other, and and we actually fought and everything. And it was just a trip. How one day he pulls up on me at the boxing gym, and I have my son training, and he comes up four guys, and I'm like, it, it was on with guns. It was no more fighting. So I'm like, I call my homie real quick. Hey, I need you to bring me a gun like right now, ASAP. My friend was there. Boom, got me a gun. I put it in my pocket, and they walk out. And when they're walking out, I'm right there walking in, and I'm like, and he gave me this look like, like I, like, I know you're really a kid in a sense. I can just feel it. It's like a look. Like, wow. he looks at me like. Because y'all know, know about killing kids, huh? Well, it's just. Sorry, it's just I'm going to ask you all the, all the wrong explain. questions. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. Explain, okay. Like, okay, but let's go back to the house. You can let's feel the vibe. Yeah, so he basically gives me a pass in a sense, and I catch him sipping at another boxing gym with five of my friends. He's by himself. And I look at him like, you're good. He has a kid on his lap, right? And I'm like, you're good. So this is the crit. This is like a this, movie. This, in is, sense, you guys. this is, I did yeah. not know this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're in the house and all these thoughts are coming to my head. Uh-huh. You know, me and him is fought. We shot each other like all this and he's dead. Yeah. You know, he's dead. He's no longer here. So I come out the restroom and I'm crying and our blouse is like, and my buddy Isaac were like, what's up? And I'm like, Phew. So they had no idea. No. I said, oh, you know, I said, I, I said, do you know the person of this house you buy? He goes, yeah, I did the funeral for the young man. And I was like. And I'm crying. He goes, ah, oh, Joey, what? Tell me. And I was like, ah. Oh. So I tell him the whole rival stuff. And oh my he's gosh, like, my heart can't take this. Yeah. God is so, oh my God. So I, so I broke down just crying and releasing it. And and, and, and and finally, light struck me. It was like, this whole game is stupid. Like this whole retaliation, this whole holding yeah. on to grudges, yeah. revenge, you know, all that. And I was like, someone's mom, someone's brother, and so on. And so on. Just like mine in the hospital. Because you, yeah. And so, you know, we don't even have the study. We just cry it out, pray, and we, I go back to hospital. Man, just take him back to hospital. So we go back to hospital, and um, that was the beginning of me pretty oh much goodness. just walking away. Um, so beautiful of everything, you know. Um, wow. And there was still dust that I still visited the streets sometimes, but like I didn't. I was because I was in body still. And I was trying to like just because I was still. That I, that didn't help me unforgive myself though. I still had unforgiveness for myself. Yeah. You know because. Now, because my brother's situation is not done, all right? So I'd say, well, this is what I'll tell the, the, the listeners is that when I got to the place, I'm like, all right, I got to forgive the people that did this to my brother because God was showing me just like you caused pain, just like you jumped people and beat people down. Maybe people died from your hands. Um, they did the same to your brother not knowing, but they have a mom. They have someone that's praying for them. They have someone that loves them. And to kill them or take them out is none of your revenge is mine, says the Lord, right? Yeah. So I'm like, God, teach me how to forgive them. So I kind of forgive them. But what I want to share with people out there is if I would just say, yes, I forgive them, I'd be a fool to think that I'm never going to come across a thought or an idea or something's going to show yeah, me yeah. what they did. So now we take care of my brother. You know, we, we dress him, right? I help me help my moms. And I look at him sometimes and, and what he's doing or he can't talk or whatever he's struggling with. And I'm sitting there like, the thought comes in the head. There's someone that did this to you, and they're walking out there free right now. Mm. But then I have to, I have the Bible says, cast every vain imagination down to the beatings of Christ, right? So I have to cast that down immediately. Nope, nope, God, uh, I forgive them, and I'm forgiven, and so on and so forth. So that was what I want to tell you guys. I'm still going through forgiveness. Like, I, I, I have to forgive them on the daily, or whenever those thoughts come up, what they did, what, what, what they did wasn't right, but now it's how I respond to. How I responded kept not only myself in bondage and hurt and pain, but also had a, 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 a thing around the family. 
it also ties in with the family. Like there's a mood, there's a spirit, there's there's something ugly that keeps your family in bondage. Yeah. You know, so that reminded me I wanted to bring up Matthew six uh ten. So Jesus is sharing with his disciples how to pray. And so our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation. So if this is how, this is our daily prayer that we should be doing. There's a huge, if, if, if Jesus included forgiveness in there, asking for forgiveness and also forgiving other people on the daily. That's just a constant practice. It's mm. not a one-time thing. It's not... It's something that we constantly have to do because as I was sharing with you, um, I, till this day, you know, I'm with my son and things are happening. And then the, the anger of the certain, the situation or towards the person or his father, it comes up. And then I have to, no, no, I have to cast it. Like you said, because that is going to not only affect my son it's going to affect me and how I'm a, how I'm a mother to him or how I'm just in my day to day and keep that curse going keep, yeah. because that's what it comes down to it's those generational curses it's they're things that we are holding on to that we're allowing the devil to feed into or feed into us um and so yeah I mean I think that I don't know if you're open to this we should do like a part two of this because I feel like that your test I don't even want to Give my testimony right now. Like yeah. I feel like to like that was just really meaty with everything. And I don't know if you want to share more about your the verses or anything like that, but I kind of want to do this like a part one, part two. Yeah, we 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 could do a part two. Um, um, you could do a part two. Let's share one more scripture yeah. though, because this one's pretty like speaks a lot of volumes to me. But this is Philippians three twelve, and it says. Now, you got to remember, this is Paul, and he's writing this letter. He's in prison. He's been in prison, but this man is still about God's business, still writing a letter to his, to his brothers, you know, to his disciples, like still encouraging them, still letting them know, hey, this is where he kind of, I think he sits in the cell and he has a, 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 a remembrance or something comes to his mind of like, hey, the bad that he did. Yeah. Because he's like, man, you know, he was a, a, a martyr of, of Christians. Yeah. Like he actually put the hit on them. He's He was responsible for killing Christians. Now he's a man of God. Now he's a Christian. And you can imagine, but Paul doesn't hold on to that. He doesn't really like dwell on that every day. He doesn't let it beat him up. You know, he, t he talks about here, like I counted all the past up rubbish. Like I counted all whatever. Like I'm up, I'm trying to obtain the, the high goal of Christ, reaching Christ and, and doing the work of God and, and, lo and loving God and knowing who God is in me. This is basically what he's trying to say. But it says in verse 12 that now that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has laid also laid a hold for me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Now, he's saying, guys, like this is, if you're a believer, it's, it's crucial, crucial to like leave those things from behind and press towards the things of God. Like, yeah. it, how do you explain it to people? Like, if if something was done done wrong to you, okay, for those that have like been raped, molested, or just verbally abused, or um, 
you know, assaulted or mentally, physically abused. Um, I'm going to understand this one thing. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. The word says that he, sin crouches at the door. He, the devil comes roaming around like a roaring lion, looking to see whom he may devour. You have to understand who is behind these sinful acts. I know we want to look at the person and be like, no, it was them. Because I've had thoughts, Joey, and I didn't, I didn't actually act on it. But just understand the grace and mercy of God upon your life. Like yeah. some people didn't have that opportunity, or they maybe they did, but they chose to give in to the spirits behind them. Yeah. You know, it's time that you let it go, release it, forgive it, so you can, like Paul says, obtain the goal yeah. of Christ Jesus. Because yeah. if you stay in the pity party, if you be the victim, you're never going to be free. And you're actually going to hand it down to your kids. It's going to be affecting your that kids. Part. And the giants you fell to slay in your life will be handed down to your kids to battle. Yeah. So, and I know it's hard. I know it's hard, but it is so worth it to forgive those people. And like I said, we have, there's, how we're going to tell you is the journal process. You know, go to the Holy Spirit, pray and ask God to show you and write it down. There's actually be in the presence of God. Get yeah. into church. Get into yes. worship. You, can, you don't got to go to church, even get in worship at your home. Let God lead you. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. Um, there is the verbally one. Con confessing. Hey, you may have to say, I forgive this person and that person out loud. Maybe if God leads you to go and personally see them face to face, you may have to do. Maybe, what, what, do you have an example of what if the person's dead? How do they, how do they I, I think a letter. I've had a friend do that yeah. to her dad. And she wrote a letter to, to him yeah. because there you can't physically talk to them, but there's something powerful about writing it to them and then just letting it go. Um, Make sure you don't summon no spirits up. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're not, you're not talking to the dead. Yeah. Uh, don't hear what I'm not saying. But I, I wanted to look into this camera and tell you it is not your fault for whatever has happened to you, whether it's abuse, uh, rape, anything that you can think of that I know is like, you know, you don't understand. No. It, whatever it was, I understand, and you didn't deserve it, but it is your responsibility to heal, move forward, to seek God, to seek Jesus, to not stay in that pity party, because that is only allowing the devil to keep you in your past, to to reward you even more of that pain, if you would call it a reward, reward that, the abuser that pain, and so... That's kind of what I want to talk about in part two is my testimony mm -hmm. um, with all that. But I had to make a decision that, no, I'm going to forgive not only for for me, but also for my future and my son and the people around me because it's it, it's our responsibility. But it's not your fault. It's not your fault. You didn't deserve it. No one deserves what you went through, but it's your responsibility yeah. to move forward. Yeah. And also just come to Christ. You're not able to do these things with, on your own. Yeah, Lord. I mean, come to Christ. He'll yeah. give you the ability and power to do <laughs> Yeah. And exactly. Yeah. There's no way. I'm, I really There's no way you can do it. Yeah. You can fake it for only so long. And then eventually yeah. the devil's good. Because everything's spiritual. Whether you believe in Christ or you're following Christ or not, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King. And the devil is the prince of the earth. So there's yeah. always that battle happening whether you believe it or not. And so unless you are following Christ... You're not going to be able to fully be set free. So follow Christ. Man, the last thing. I just feel like there's someone out there too right now that is doesn't know, but they're blaming themselves. They've been in bondage 
for their dad not being in their life. Mm. And they think that some, and I know you think you don't think, but mm. you think somehow it's your fault. Or you think I should have, would have, could have. If I did this, if I did that, this would have happened. There's someone that someone has died or been in prison as a mom for their kids and says, if I did this, if I should have, could have, this wouldn't have happened. Those type of victim mentalities will keep you in bondage, keep you dying, decaying in life. Just forgive and let go. Forgive yeah. and let go. Part two is coming. Part two, part two, yeah. There's more. There's more. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and if you, and and we want to help disciple you. Yes. Mentor you, lead you, whatever, to the source. We don't have the answers, but we do know the source is Jesus Christ. And all you got to do is leave in the comments, um, help or how to, whatever. Just message. Don't be afraid. We are, (laughs) this is what we love to do. This is the whole commission. Make disciples, Mm -hmm. cast out demons, baptize in the name of Jesus, teach, mentor, all that. So, We pray that you do that. But Lord, we just thank you, Father, that, Lord, I pray that you're working on someone's heart right now, that you are amending them. You're giving them the ability, you're bringing to remembrance those things, God, and that they need to forgive. Father, I pray that you would just invade their home and their hearts right now. God, I pray that every listener, Father God, will just seek for themselves, Father God. I pray, God, that the enemy will take his hands off their life. I pray that the blindfolds will be lifted off their eyes. I pray, Father God, that the enemy, it will be evicted out of their homes, out of their minds, and out of their families. We break every generational curse over their life. And Lord, we pray that you will lead them to repentance and forgiveness, God. They will forgive themselves and they will forgive their offenders. And we seal this with the precious blood of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Nice. Good. Good. It's good. I think that one was better than the first one. Show. Oh my! I can't get over your testimony. Like oh, man, what? I, I was not aware of all that.